Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new edition of the Cybersecurity Matters Podcast. I'm your host, Dominic Vogel, and joining me each and every week is my co-host, Christian Redshaw. Christian, how are you doing today? I am doing awesome. How are you, Dom? I'm fantastic because we're having a two-time guest come on. It is Kevin Lonegran from TELUS. He was so fantastic the first time. We just could not wait to have him back on again. Um, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Uh, very well, thank you. Thanks for, for having me back. Oh, well, you, like, like I said, you did so well. We're like, yeah, we have to have Kevin back. So we're really gl glad that you're here. And we're really excited to uh, sink uh, our teeth into and get your thoughts and perspectives on the TELUS Canadian uh, cloud security study, which I know that TELUS released in, uh, fairly recently. Uh, but yeah, we have a bunch of questions that we're hoping to ask you. And um, you're the guy that we want to talk to. Does that sound okay? <laughs> yeah, it's great. Awesome. So first, first question, uh, why did TELUS Business create this study, Kevin? Yeah, no, that's a fair question. So why, you know, why cloud security and why now? Uh, and I think that there's several different reasons. Uh, one of them would be, if you think back during the sort of the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, Canadian organizations, you know, they showed uh, an incredible agility to change how they're conducting business here locally and abroad. And to do so, they uh, embrace remote work. And to enable those remote workers, uh, we saw a strong uptick in cloud adoption. So things like SaaS applications as well as public cloud. So, you know, with uh, agility, uh, sometimes we can see that come at the expense of cybersecurity. So we just wanted to understand how we're using cloud today and, and some of the challenges that organizations are facing as they uh, grow these attack services. Uh, Secondly, if you think back to the, the ransomware study that TELUS did last year, um, one of the interesting data points that we found was, was that about 25% of the most damaging ransomware attacks, uh, sorry, ransomware uh, incidents that organizations were experiencing, uh, they, were attack they were targeting uh, cloud environments. So attacks that were starting on-premise uh, and, and uh, focusing on endpoints were actually making their way into the cloud. So that was definitely of interest to us. And then finally, uh, you know, the, the point of these studies is to educate people and make them aware of things like ransomware and issues with uh, cloud security and, and hopefully give them the metrics uh, and data points that they need to hopefully uh, improve their cybersecurity posture. So using this data to uh, get buy-in from the board or C-suite for new cyber initiatives or budget or things like that by comparing themselves to their peers and seeing which technologies they're using to successfully defend against cloud security threats. Sounds like a, a good series of reasons to me. <laughs> so going into the report and extracting the data that you found there, Kevin, uh, what are the main causes of cloud security incidents? What did you find? Yeah, I mean, there's there, there's plenty of different causes. Uh, maybe I can take a quick step back before we dive into, you know, why they're happening. And, and let's talk about um, you know, simply what, what is the effect on Canadian organizations? And so what we found was, is that about 90% of our survey respondents had had a cloud security incident uh, within the last year. And to sort of compound on top of that, the average number of incidents per organization was around four or five. So, you know, when you take that uh, in context, that means that the majority of your partners and your customers are actively responding to and attempting to recover from these incidents. So there's lots of implications for all of us. Now, the reasons why that they're, they're being uh, infected with uh, malware uh, is, again, there, there's many different reasons, but the number one we found was, uh, was misconfigurations. Uh, number two was uh, through email 
And number three was uh, through known vulnerabilities, right? So these are the same types of um, uh, reasons that popped up in our previous study on ransomware as well. Uh, and there's nothing that's really new to us. So, you know, the bad news is, is we're being, uh, we're having lots of incidents, but I guess the good news would be is that these are things that we at least have somewhat of a handle on or, or understand. They're not necessarily brand new to cloud environments. Um, when you think about known vulnerabilities and misconfigurations, this is something that formalized vulnerability management programs can really help with. Uh, again, unfortunately, we saw only about 50% of our respondents had this formalized process in place, right? And so that really helps them not only scan and find these vulnerabilities, but assign a risk score to them, understand where they should start in terms of, you know, uh, if there's thousands of vulnerabilities, which ones to focus in on, uh, and triage that with the IT team uh, in the broader sense. So, um, you know, we kind of know what we have to do there. Uh, it's just a lot of organizations aren't there yet. Similarly with email, um, you know, as we mentioned with ransomware before, it's a, it's an attack vector that uh, we can, you know, we can uh, do a better job of defending against by doing things like adding additional email filters or helping our, our uh, own employees understand the risk by doing things like cybersecurity awareness training. Uh, the last thing I'll bring up is uh, the what came in last place in terms of causing these incidents was around zero-day exploits. So you see a lot of media attention about zero-day, uh, but in terms of the reality, it's sort of these uh, cybersecurity fundamentals that we have to focus on. Well, that's that's interesting, Kevin. Um, you know, talking maybe in a broad perspective around Canadian businesses and where they are in their relation to their sort of digital transformation and cloud adoption journey. And I recognize some maybe further along in their journey than, than others. But at this point, um, I guess on average, what are you seeing in terms of how much data is being stored in the cloud for an, you know, an average Canadian business and how many different cloud service providers is the average Canadian business relying on? Yeah, so in terms of data, uh, in, in the study itself, we talk about how we've hit this tipping point in Canada. And so what we mean by that is, is that now over 50% of our data is stored in the cloud versus in our traditional on-premise data centers. So that's a fairly uh, important shift. Uh, if you dig into that a little bit deeper, you'll see that despite the majority of our data now being in the cloud, uh, we're still very hesitant as to what types of data we want to store there. So for instance, we talk about highly sensitive data like intellectual property or uh, PII, we're still keeping that on premise. And so in the study, we, we explore things like perceptions around cloud versus on-prem. And in general, we just believe that the on-premise might be more secure. We're more comfortable securing it. We understand it better. And so that's where we're keeping our crown jewels. Now, the problem is, is that uh, if you have a incident in the cloud, there is a very high, um, well, there's a, there's a good chance of that incident actually making its way on premise as well. So focusing on premise uh, and, and spending your budget there, for instance, isn't necessarily a, a great strategy because if you're lax in the cloud, that can still affect that highly sensitive data. Uh, in terms of the cloud providers themselves, uh, we saw an average of eight different uh, cloud service providers that organizations are using. And again, that's a, that's an average, much higher for, for some organizations and lower for others. Uh, but across you know, SaaS and public cloud, uh, around eight. So a lot of data dispersed across multiple different uh, provider environments. 
Wow, that's that's very interesting, Kevin. And you know, and you know, taking you know, extending that further, you know, around, I guess, perceptions or beliefs around cloud uh, or the usage of cloud, where you know some businesses think that you know now our data is in the cloud, we can wash our hands of it. It's the cloud provider's responsibility to secure it. Can you expand on? like the notion of shared responsibility or I suppose shared faith <laughs> in terms of what you saw in terms of the, uh, the study, uh, how are businesses perceiving the whole notion around shared responsibility? Are they still just viewing it as it's in the cloud? It's safe. I, we don't need to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an interesting one. When we, uh, when we put together the survey, I was part of the team doing so. And uh, we shared it with multiple different uh, teams across TELUS. And I had several different questions on shared responsibility. And uh, one of the architects, one of our cybersecurity architects, he reviewed it. He liked it. He said, this is great, but, uh, you know, don't be asking about shared responsibility. It's table stakes. People have known about that for 15 plus years. Um, so we kept the questions on there and, and he was right to a certain degree. We saw about 96% of our respondents say, hey, you know, we know all about shared responsibility. We referenced it in the past. Um, it's nothing we worry about. Uh, but when we go down another layer, what we see is, is that it's how often they reference their various cloud service provider shared responsibility models that makes a difference. So the more you reference them in general, and I'm kind of putting things at a high level here, but the more you use them when spinning up new applications or workloads or containers or what have you, uh, the fewer breaches that you have, the fewer cybersecurity incidents. So it, it's one thing to be aware of shared responsibility, but it's a completely different thing to have that, that deeper knowledge and be referencing those models on an ongoing basis to ensure that you're uh, you know, covering all your bases in terms of your responsibilities versus the CSPs. Gotcha. No, I appreciate that answer, Kevin. And um, you know, you've been preaching about sort of doing the basics and doing them well, um, and maybe just slightly expanding on that. So for organizations that want to lay out their strategic plan for cloud security, what are some building blocks? Where, where should they start? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I, I think anything to do with cybersecurity, uh, starting with process is probably, you know, uh, uh, your, your best place to start. And so we talked about the importance of understanding uh, shared responsibility. Uh, and then, of course, there's also lots of different cybersecurity frameworks out there that you can reference to help you with your migration plans and to, and to spin up new workloads and things like that. And so the cloud controls matrix is an example. Uh, just like with shared responsibility, we saw that uh, the more of these different uh, cloud security frameworks that were referenced by organizations and used often, we saw a significant reduction in the number of cybersecurity incidents that they have. So having that that proper um, having proper processes before necessarily diving into cloud that's that's always a great place to start. Kevin, you know, we're talking about things from the organization's perspective now, and I I hear you talking about doing the fundamentals well versus being taken up by the sensationalism of zero day attacks and things like that. Um, what would you say are the actual top challenges that organizations are facing when it comes to their cloud security? I guess that's part A to the question. And where I'm going with that is, you know, what should they do about these challenges that they're, that they're facing in the context of doing the fundamentals? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, uh, the talent shortage is, is probably a top challenge for organizations in, in security in general, but particularly for cloud. When we asked about, um, you know, finding cloud talent, what's the hardest to find out there? Cybersecurity came up as number one. 
And so only about uh, something like 37% of organizations here in Canada have a cloud cybersecurity specialist. So that's quite low. And so because they don't have these specialists or they can't afford them or keep them, uh, we see about 35% of organizations, they're looking uh, to a third party to outsource that skill set, right? So not a bad strategy. Now, the issue is, of course, that leaves about 28% of organizations that do not have a cloud security specialist and are not outsourcing those responsibilities to a third party. And so what they're doing, they're having, you know, someone on their IT team or their cybersecurity team wear multiple hats, and now they're supposed to be the cloud security specialists. And when you think about multi-cloud, uh, which uh, we haven't talked about yet, but the majority of organizations in Canada, um, you know, using eight plus different um, cloud service providers are embracing multi-cloud. You're asking this individual to juggle his, you know, his or hers daytime job, plus understand, you know, the GCP cybersecurity stack and Azure's and AWS. It's simply, uh, it's just simply too much for for one or two people with without that skill set to to try to figure out themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess uh, the second one is around visibility, right? So when you think about multi-cloud, having visibility across all your workloads and applications is a tremendous challenge. And we all know that, um, you know, shadow IT continues to be an issue for for IT in general, but it's definitely a, a big issue for cloud. And so when we think about threat detection and monitoring, right? Being able to understand what's going on across all our workloads, uh, across multi-cloud, this is a huge challenge. And so we see that only about two thirds of organizations have extended their monitoring capabilities into their cloud environments. So that's that's quite low. Uh, and then even those that are monitoring uh, in the cloud, on average, they're only monitoring about 60% or so of their workloads. So even the ones that have extended, they still don't have that full visibility. And those are two big challenges uh, we need to, to work on. Now, with with uh, threat detection and monitoring, again, th- there's a monumental challenge here when you think about data collection and logging across multi-cloud environments. Alert investigation, you're getting alerts from multiple different controls uh, across uh, multiple uh, environments. And then you throw in third-party vendor controls too. It's a lot to handle for these organizations. Mm-hmm. That's, um, I appreciate you laying those challenges out. And I'm thinking too um, about these organizations that you surveyed in your findings. You know, they have these multi-cloud environments. They have so much of their information uh, stored in the cloud. And yet only about a third of their budget or their cybersecurity budget is allocated towards cloud security. Um, what are your thoughts on that number? And what do you think the number should actually be for cloud security budget? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that number will be uh, different for every organization, depending on, you know, how much data is in the cloud and, and uh, you know, how many different cloud service providers that they're using, et cetera. But I think the fact that we have over 50% of our data in the cloud today, and we're only spending 34% of our budget, there's likely a disconnect there, right? Um, so that should probably be more uh, adjusted to the amount of data that, that that's in there. Um, I think it gets back to uh, what we talked about previously too, 
you can't just spend your budget where your sensitive data is because you know data breaches once they're into your environment they will escalate through privilege escalation to you know wherever that data is so we need to ensure that we have the proper processes controls um, and proper training uh, best practices and awareness uh, regardless of whether it's on-premise or or if it's in the cloud very good kevin one last question for you in the in the spirit of the fundamentals of cybersecurity, practicing good cybersecurity hygiene, you covered a lot already today. But are there any other recommendations that you can give to organizations um, that maybe came to light as you, you know you were conducting this study? Is there anything that you could um, you know mention um, that is super important that we haven't covered today? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's hard to uh, to cover the whole study in our time today, but. Um, you know, in terms of controls, maybe there's a couple things I can bring up. So we talked about the importance of uh, vulnerability management programs. And one of the tools that uh, is, is sort of um, uh, unique to the cloud that can really help with those types of programs is cloud security posture management. And so it's part of the CNAP stack. It's a good place to start for organizations. And it really gives you that visibility into the vulnerabilities and any known misconfigurations that might be out there. And there was a, again, a relationship between organizations who are leveraging CSPM uh, and a reduction in the overall number of cybersecurity incidents that they have. Uh, and then again, touching on controls, um, you know, it's again, bringing up MFA, something we've been talking about for, for well over a decade now. Um, it seems like a fundamental, uh, but we saw that, you know, I think around 40% of organizations had enabled MFA in the cloud, which is astonishingly low. So um, again, if you do MFA, uh, we saw a reduction in the number of cybersecurity incidents. There was a strong relationship between those two. Uh, Kevin, very, very grateful for you coming on the show today and laying out such a, a pragmatic and digestible um, approach here in, in terms of the, the TELUS uh, Canadian Cloud Security uh, study. That was absolutely fantastic, super insightful. I know our viewers and listeners are just going to be uh, getting, writing down a lot of notes <laughs> from the actionable advice that, that you gave here, and that was a, just a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Uh, Chris and I will be right back to wrap up today's episode. This week's episode of Cybersecurity Matters is brought to you by TELUS Business. Did you know that 98% of organizations believe that properly securing the cloud is more difficult than on-premise environments? In part, this may be because so many organizations approach cloud security with an on-premise mentality, even though their own cloud security presents its own unique challenges. Now, to help support Canadian organizations on their cloud security journey, TELUS has released the TELUS Canadian Cloud Security Study. It's based on real data from over 500 Canadian organizations and shares actionable insights and recommended best practices for securing your cloud environment. To get your free copy, visit telus.com slash cloud security study. Telus Business, cybersecurity that works for you. Well, that was a sensational episode with Kevin. Uh, every time he comes on, he just power packs it with wisdom, insights, and uh, just actionable advice. So uh, I'm keen to hear what you thought of the episode and what uh, one of your key takeaways was. A, I thought the episode was awesome as expected. Uh, B, the some of the stats that came out to me, third of um, cybersecurity budgets are allocated to cloud security, yet I think more than 50% of their data is stored in the cloud. So there's a bit of a discrepancy there. Yeah. Here's the other shocking one to me. 40% of uh, organizations are using MFA 
in the cloud. Oops. It's <laughs> a 60% gap there. Far too low, like Kevin was saying, right? Like, what, about, what about yourself? Well, I think it's an extension of that, like what Kevin was saying there, that it's it's not the, you know, the zero-day stuff or the stuff that the media necessarily hypes up. It's doing the basics and doing them well, right? He mm -hmm. said that that's what's holding back a lot of organizations. This isn't an unsolvable problem. Mm -hmm. If we could just boil this down to applying some basics, and he did a wonderful job of laying those out, mm -hmm. um, I think we'd be seeing much more favorable numbers <laughs> when, when it comes to cloud security. So turn off the news and the, turn off the TV and just do the basics. C certainly do that or flip to something more enjoyable like, yeah. um, I was gonna say SpongeBob, but I'll think of something better. Okay. But no, SpongeBob is enjoyable, I'll stick with that. Okay. But uh, hope uh, everyone enjoyed the show today and a very special thank you to uh, Kevin and Telus uh, for allowing Kevin to come on the show today. Uh, Telus guests never disappoint. Uh, that was just another fantastic run of uh, having a Telus guest on the show. So a very special thank you to Telus for allowing Kevin to come onto the podcast to talk about the Telus Canadian Cloud Security Study. And as always, we want to extend a special thank you to our loyal listeners and viewers who join us each and every week. If you did happen to miss a previous episode, do check out uh, old episodes or previous episodes on the Cybersecurity Matters YouTube page uh, and or uh, you can listen to them on your preferred podcasting platform. Till next time, be well, be safe, and we'll see you again next time on the Cybersecurity Matters Podcast.